being recorded. Welcome to the V to Z podcast with Aurelius, episode number 14. With me today is Sass, and we are going to be talking about the big questions. Um, we're going to unravel society and culture and science's biggest dilemmas, and um, that's what we're going to uh, try to do today, to drop some knowledge on some people. So uh, welcome to the show, Seth. Oh, it's a great pleasure to have me. Thank you. It is a great pleasure to have me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's, so there are a number of things. It's like, it's a lot to... Um, a lot to unravel, frankly. Society and culture is the biggest question. So, yeah, uh, I think and we're equipped. We're yeah, and, and luckily we have uh, a lot of signs in the movie industry. You know, a lot of heads up. Right, because they're the ones who know what's really going on. Indeed, indeed. Well, how could they come up with these concepts if they didn't have some basis in? In Some reality, imaginary facts. Yeah, is and that uh, thing, imaginary facts. So is that, is that a it, thing? imaginary facts? <laughs> um, it's you know what's I guess I guess what we would consider conventional science is uh, very it, it it has a lot of restrictions and I think politics kind of controls it and and they. I guess disallow what information they don't want out there. And right. I would assume I, I I would assume that like most of the sci-fi movies, I mean they they have a a bit of truth to them. Sure. And and that that becomes in in a sense uh real even if it's made up. I know for a fact that um when Stanley Kubrick was designing and getting ready to film uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. He had he had NASA consultants with him who yeah. were really kind of unsure about their own designs for the real ships and the real um, spacesuits. So they took a lot of cues from from the filmmaker, which is interesting. Yeah. So it kind of, to use a big word, transmogrified into reality. Like the, the fictional elements of the movie became the real design for a lot of what NASA was was doing, um, at least as far as aesthetic design elements. So, I mean, there's something to that that uh, passing back and forth between fantasy and reality and what's really possible you know um, yeah sure and, and like the idea of a warp drive which isn't real but but real scientists are actually working on those concepts because of yeah. the imagination of Gene Roddenberry in Star Trek they've, they've actually had a lot of this information for a long time I mean Paul Dirac you know he introduced a lot of these concepts. Yes. 
and and these are physicists from over 50 years ago uh you know a century ago and and sure. they they I, I feel like society is always at least like 200 years behind on what's really going on as far as uh, current development of technology. Yeah, I mean, even even something as mundane as and uh, ubiquitous as a cell phone today, or is those existed back in the 50s. Um, they were real. Uh, they weren't public, but that technology existed. And, there, and um, microwaves, that before they were introduced to the public, were had been around for a long time. Yeah, and I, I think Tesla, Tesla had a, had a lot to do with all of this. I mean, I, 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 I've heard that. I mean, from what I understand and what I've read, we wouldn't have anything of what we have right now if it wasn't for for him and his uh, inventions and developments. Well, certainly. Um, that's. I think that's. Uh, that's all. Uh, that's all totally reasonable. Everything we just said. Like nobody would have any argument with that unless. Uh, but if someone does have an argument with that, I would really like mean comments in the comments section if possible. So. I mean, because like you gotta you gotta love the haters, and, and there's nothing more satisfying than getting a thumbs down on a video. It's just actually fantastic. Yeah, and uh, actually, I'm I'm open-minded to hearing uh, contrary views. You know, uh, even sure. if, even if they're wrong, because it it, it presents one an opportunity to educate and inform others. All right, that's what the like the scientific. Uh, method is essentially based on is is um, striving to prove yourself wrong yeah or having or having your peers point out the defects in your argument so yeah that you don't go forward with something that is false because you missed a step or something like that so it's it's one of the few areas in the world that that um Verifying that something is incorrect is actually a positive. So I think we can, yeah. we can go on that basis. Uh, YouTube or, or whatever the case is, please like show us where we're wrong. You know the, what's uh, fascinating? Fascinating oh, about you know what's fascinating about the human psyche. I mean, I I find that like a lot of people would you know think that what they're doing is great no matter what. And even physicists, they come up with, you know, crazy theories that may be entirely wrong, but they think what they're doing is great. And at least they're modest enough to, you know, hear another person's, hear another person's view out. Sure. Whereas most, most, whereas most people are very, very narrow minded and, uh, you know, they're kind of bigots, you know, they, they, they don't like anyone with an opposing point of view. Right. So, speaking of of uh, oppo- opposing points of view, yeah. How do I know I exist? Oh, that, <laughs> that, that's, that's, I, that's I feel the like first, that's the first. Uh, with that, with question that question, I feel. 
I feel like you just pulled the floor right under uh, from underneath me. <laughs> right. I, I uh, did. <laughs> the short answer, I guess, really is that um, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I exist. Just consider this: with every passing moment, society gets closer to creating intelligent machines, and maybe, depending on your turn, your how you define it, maybe even conscious machines. And if we can do this, could someone or something else do it too? Yeah, you know, if we right. I mean, yeah, it, so they can. From from what I understand, they they can actually recreate a human brain uh, with like uh, computer neural networks. Oh yeah. Um, so we're getting closer uh, to we're getting closer to designing um, simulated brains that yeah are exactly the, the same layout as a quote unquote real brain. Like down to the individual neurons. And I've, all e- I've even heard, I've even heard they can tra- transfer consciousness already, and which is kind of a, it's a trip to think about that they could take your consciousness and put it in something else. Well, if the if the network was right and the connections that interlink them were correct, why couldn't you you just put information in that would basically kind of um, Learn and 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 go on its own, just as we as as babies gather information. Everything's new, right? Like everything we see when we're when we're born is brand new. We've never experienced that before, so we intuit a lot and we inherit inherit all of this information. And somehow we become uh, functional as we as we develop and get more information in, inside of us. Things start. Clicking or those regular neural pathways fire more often. The ones that yeah. become habituated to fire when when certain things happen. So, so we're programmed too. Certainly, it's it's very interesting. So why not? Why not make the case that that we're just simulations and that we can create other things that. That are as real as we are, or as alive, or as conscious as we are. It's a real, it's a real question. We just don't know quite yet. And I think the reason yeah. we don't know is because so much seems to be possible,、um, especially in recent scientific advancements and discoveries. That we're learning that oh, we really can create、uh, replicants. You know, it's just it's.、Uh, It's kind of disturbing, actually, but exciting. Too. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes away the human aspect of things, and and you know, I've I've seen a lot of a lot of in, intellect intellectualists、uh, in computer science that you know actually wholeheartedly believe that someday we will achieve immortality through、uh, science, biology, and computer science. Right, and there's the other there's the other side of that coin where people are concerned that we will create a being that realizes that it doesn't need us, yeah, and will just destroy us. 
Well, yeah, that, those are the obvious dangers there. Um, and you know what? I've, I've been, you know, looking into cybernetics and um, brain interface chip technology, and it seems like you know that cyborg future is inevitable. Uh, the the scientists of the future will have to be uh, chipped in order to remain relevant, and that's something that's um, just like they they need the cloud to tap into it to to you know just to get whatever information they need and just download it instead of you know spending uh, their entire lives um, just learning for one specialty. You know what I mean? So I mean, and 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 as we go along, we 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 have so much more and more information that you know the human is really uh, capable of very little on on his own. You know, and without this, I mean, I, I at one point I, I presume that we'll have so much information to learn in science that there is no way a, a regular human will be able to cover all that information to. You know, ha have a specialty. He, he, they will need to be chipped to download all that information, so that they may uh, just go ahead and start looking into research and advancement. Right, because otherwise, otherwise, that scientist would uh, essentially be irrelevant. Because if yeah. the if the if the AI is is uniformly more intelligent than the than the, pe the people um, that's where that's where the people progress so to speak stops like we're all yeah. really kind of there <laughs> like with uh, that, with like uh, computers have, like uh, Deep Blue and Watson uh, Watson's a doctor by the way did you know that? yeah yeah I I, I, <laughs> I, I, I Wikipedia that and uh I've, I, I actually, yeah, I've I've noticed a lot that like with technology, there there are a lot of backlashes, you know, and sure. it takes away from uh, human a human's capacity, and it might it may you know make them more informed, more capable in other ways, but it actually takes away from their own personal thinking and their own. You, you get what I'm saying? Like you like using sure. a calculator. Right, right. Yeah, it's um, a, a, a kind of, or a, if you even want to go back further, uh, beads or an abacus, you know, rather than your fingers. Yeah, and, and people of a hundred years, just a hundred years ago, before, you know, people were brainwashed for TV and media, and you know, the this current situation we have today. I mean, a hundred years ago, the average person was far more educated and capable a greater writer you know a, a better scholar i mean people of the past were it seemed like they were capable of more and they did more that's interesting yeah like uh, really the golden age of the gold be true like reflexively I, I i seem to like believe that that's that's true um and i'm not sure why like but it's I the backlash of technology. It's the backlash of technology. I mean, you look at the golden age of physics with, with all the physicists, and uh, like it's just it's just so clear that people back then were a lot more brilliant. And some people argue that you know there there was uh, we knew less, and so we had more to discover. 
and but I I just, I simply I look at their worth personally and I, and I compare it to people of today and I I see uh, I see I've seen a big decline right. so to speak yeah sure that that kind of leads me to to my next uh, question and because we were talking about so much so much stuff, so much something like so much stuff so much technology so much advancement so to speak. so so why is there something rather than nothing oh uh matter left of the leftover matter of the universe the five percent around well, roughly I guess, I guess, sure like but to, to kind of like dig into it i guess in part because nothing is not what you think it is and, and then yeah there's the, then there's the big looming question of the multiverse but um yeah so there's a the fun there's a fundamental question it's that and the idea is that um there's a german philosopher named uh, martin heidegger and his his question was that or the idea was that that a fear of nothing was the defining feature of the human condition like that we're scared that nothing is some kind of universal default but yeah but then i think well why should we presume that nothing is more likely than something yeah all, if, if we can accept that we exist to ask the question then in a sense we've proved that something exists it, it seems like it's a whole lot harder to prove that nothing can exist yeah and um you know it, it's 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 right. funny yeah when i think especially when i i think of religion and i think of atheism and the griefing process you know and and humans you know tend to make up things to comfort themselves but i believe that in doing so in in you know b- believing in an afterlife and and that people don't die and stuff like that that you're in some way um kind of hindering the griefing process and not accepting that things will someday end right right uh it's kind of the same reason that we um the society puts i think puts so much emphasis on on the idea of working working seems to be just a way to like drive away the idea of death like we must stay busy so that we'll hold back the door of of the inevitable end and therefore nothingness so we must do everything that we can do while we're here so that we pretend to forget that this all stops yeah and um uh, you know physically physically things will all end eventually um all stars will burn out and at, at you know th- there's going to be the degenerate de- era in cosmology and uh you know alpha and beta decay uh, we're talking about physics here and all matter eventually decays and dies uh, but as far as energy from what i understand energy remains now what that means as far as consciousness goes that's beyond my scope and i 
don't even know if there is a consciousness after life, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'll be the first to admit it, and I'm honest about it. But uh, the, that seems to remain, I mean, the energy is still going to be there, but the matter is going to disappear eventually, all of it. Sure, maybe, but if you look at if you look at quantum field theory, which is yeah. one of our favorite topics, because it's just, it's so... Um, it's so well defined in a, in a lot of ways, and well, like, but but what we found when we when we look at it, at least like mathematically and experimentally, is that even in the so-called vacuum of space, there's this lively soup of, of quantum particles foam? that right the the cosmic foam these these particles and, and fields that pop seemingly out of nowhere and then they they're gone and they're back and they're over here and they're over there and they're spinning this way and they're spinning that way and um it seems like random fluctuation yeah and, and from my understanding that dark energy is pretty much that for the most part right maybe maybe that has something to do with with the unexplained phenomenon of that period of faster than light inflation in the early universe. Yeah. And that is so mind boggling to think that okay, so if our if the universe needs to be uh, approximately fourteen billion years old. Yeah. How in the world or how in the universe can the known universe be ninety three billion light years across? Like we will never even even at the speed of light traveling towards the edge of the universe, we'd never get there because it's it's beyond it's yeah beyond our horizon. horizon that you can never get to um, yeah and, and, all, and of, all of this stuff is like long gone too like you know so yeah, much, so much of what we see out in in the sky at night doesn't even exist anymore, which is it's mind-boggling. Yeah, and, and, and as time progresses, you know, it, it's going to continue to uh, expand. And the thing is, eventually, the, I mean, well, I, I, we spoke about the degenerate uh, era a little earlier, and that's what that's going to be when all the galaxies uh, of the universe or multiverse pass out of the horizon. And w when we look in the night sky, we don't see anything anymore. And that's eventually going to be a reality unless, you know, there's a big crunch, which, you know, uh, physicists actually uh, highly doubt. Hello? Hello yeah. Yeah. Did, did, you hear, did you hear what I said? You said physicists highly doubt and then it cut off for a second. Uh, I said, yeah, the physicists highly doubt that there will be a big crunch. So from our understanding, the, the universe is just going to keep expanding and eventually everything's going to pass out of sight and that's it. Right. That's the famous uh, heat death that we like to talk about. When yeah, when everything, everything in the universe returns to basically absolute zero, uh, there will be no, no energy left. Or, you know, or the energy is so dispersed and so far flung, like 
you know, one one particle to the next, like light years away from each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so there's no there's no relativity anymore. There's no there's no movement because you know movement requires uh, two objects. Yeah. To move relative to the other, otherwise you're not going anywhere. So that that seems so uh, so cold. You know, and yeah, is that, is, is it's going to be a long, slow death of the universe. And, uh, the, you know, a theoretical physicists, uh, they theorize that after that happens for so long, I mean, it's going to be a very, very long time. But after that happens for so long, eventually uh, they believe that uh, a singul- another singularity might just pop into existence and expand and create another, a whole new universe. Right, and not it's just mention, we're, we're not recycling the, uh, the the many world theory too, which yeah, which says that all of it, like the birth and death of of the universe, and and your life and my life, it's all happening. Death, it's all happening right now, all of the time. Infinite choices, and they all happen. We we're just restricted to one point of view um, that everything is happening all the time always yeah and, and, and that's pretty interesting too it's very you know difficult to wrap your head around even even the, the math doesn't um, doesn't provide yeah. a lot of solutions the many worlds interpretation yes yes it's uh, it's quite fascinating that's um yeah, and uh, the, there. Have you ever heard of the Akashic Records? Uh, I have, but um, if you'd like to refresh me, that would be great. Uh, supposedly, it's a it's a field um, um, beyond our senses, and it's a pool of information, and that enlightened, like uh, a bunch of people in ancient history who have been enlightened, have been able to tap into it and just draw information of the future and of everything you know and, and it seems to hold all the information of everything of uh, the past and future and uh, supposedly w- w- even our individual beings are all a part of that field you know and you know all, all every information about everybody is just in that field and uh, quant- quantum physicists have actually found uh, uh, something that they describe as that field. It's called, I forgot what it was called, zero uh, point field or something like that. Mm-hmm. But but they have they they, they found in a pool of information in in quantum physics and uh, supposedly the Akashic records and. I, I I need to like read up on that a little more, but that 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 to me is kind of fascinating. I mean, that every all the inf- all the information of life that ever was is somewhere is stored somewhere in some pool of information that's beyond our senses, but yet um, an enlightened few can actually tap into it and see things, and, and supposedly that's what Tesla. Uh, so, 
you know, a bunch of historical figures have been able to tap into that field and draw amazing information and, and relay it back to us. And, uh, yeah, I actually, I'm actually working on my own theory, uh, about consciousness and our, our dream life and about, I, I believe that we have a, do we have a nearest doppelganger that's made out of antimatter mm -hmm. and, and, and we're somehow connected to that nearest doppelganger closer than we are to the infinite others and oh, wow. that yeah and and i believe that that re, instead of a, a a regular split into two into a duality uh which is the regular multiverse uh i believe that 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 reality splits into fours and a quadrality and that there's a dual multiverse of dual infinities interesting That's yeah interesting. And, and i want to uh <laughs> i'll post a link down in the show notes um regarding uh some research on the akashic records so that um both you and i and our uh our listeners can can do their own research and see kind of and get a get a also, better understanding of, of what what you're talking about there. Also, uh, check out the zero point energy field in quantum, uh, field theory. Sure. That's fascinating. And it, it really is like, and it's so, uh, there's so much there that sometimes it's hard to get your head around. But, uh, yeah, I think the last, the last thing that, uh, it, it kind of ties it all up, I think, um, <laughs> the last big question we're attempting to unravel is that, does our own consciousness create reality? Um, that's which, what it seems like. I, I mean, uh, that's what a lot of people believe. And, you know, Einstein had trouble wrapping his head around that. You know, he, he, he turned around to a lot of people that he knew and he said, you know, do you really believe the moon isn't there when we're not looking at it? And it seems like that's the case that our consciousness creates the reality that we're in and somehow we're living in a holographic reality and that nothing is really real if we're not there right it's like, and, it's, and that's it's like the old it's the old uh it's the old cliche about whether a, a tree makes a sound when it falls if no one's there to hear it oh yeah yeah uh, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it did it really fall <laughs> right right yeah i mean yeah, um, I guess I guess ultimately the question is like maybe who cares? Um, <laughs> like because we're so we're so anthropomorphic, and then make, we make the world so we we feel in a lot of cases that the, the universe was made for us. Yeah, you know, and like and the, as you know, as like, if we weren't here, wouldn't matter. Kind of a situation. You know, and, and as empiricists and 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 you know, objective believers in objective truth, you know, to accept that is like a kind of like a bitter pill, you know, it's like all that we know and all, all that we've, you know, you know, tried so hard to study and learn. It seems like it doesn't even matter in that because of that. Sure. Well, it, there's, that, I mean, this always seems to lead back to the famous double slit experiment. Yeah. Where, where, just by us observing the phenomenon, 
the, the light is observed to behave either as a particle or, or as a wave, depending on the yeah. setup. And, and that photon seemed to somehow, in quotes, know. Like <laughs> they're like aware that, of the observer. They're aware that like they're being observed, so they, they create you know, the uh, inter- interference patterns. You know, that, uh, uh, and, and that's still that's still not understood. That's like it's just still not. We can see it. We can see it's happening. It even happens. It even happens on film. Like if you videotape the experiment, and you're not in the room. And you go back and look. Oh, yep, there it is. It will change from. It will change the past in a sense. Like. Yeah. Oh, they're particles. Oh no, no, they're waves now. Yeah, and uh, it, yeah, that's that, that, that's incredible. I mean, I uh, I'm kind of speechless uh, when I when I think about that. And I, you know, I have a theory that you know electricity is consciousness because. You know the neural activity that goes on in our brains, which creates our consciousness, is ultimately electrons. You know, right? Yeah. And and, and it could very well be that electricity is consciousness. And I, I look at, you know, collective consciousness as as like an electric field, telling you know electrons how to behave. You know how to spin and behave, and collective consciousness sort of does the same for us socially. You know, mm-hmm. sure. And I I, rec- I recognize a lot of patterns when studying science and looking at you know the real world and the way things work and the phenomenon of emer- the phenomena of emergence. You know, in all its various forms, it's you know that that that's that's a big one. I I, I can't wait for you know scientists to somehow describe that in in the form of an equation. You know. Uh, the the mechanistic functions behind it, and I believe that it's somehow like a, a, some type of repetitive wave pattern. That that's just my intuitive. Uh, that's what that's what my intu- intuition tells me. Sure. Well, that was that's all very interesting, and um, I think um, I think we're going to wrap it up, and that hopefully we uh, unraveled some of the tough questions. I don't know if I exist. But I do know that this podcast exists. <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, for being on the the V two V podcast with me. No problem. Thank, thank you, thank you for having me, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. And uh, I just want to let everybody know that um, if you uh, like what you hear, please uh, subscribe to the channel and give us a thumbs up and uh, ring the bell for. Uh, notifications uh, every time we put something strange or serious or funny or whatever the case is uh, you'll be informed that yet another weird episode is in store so episode 14 in the books all right now yeah thank you thank you man have a good day you too